0: It's Thursday, November 12th, 2020, and you're listening to episode 556 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 44 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. I'm still Wayne. My name's Chad. Unfortunately, I'm Brodor. I'm not going to, I'm not even biting at that.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I was going to ask
0: why, and I, you know what, I'm not even going there. Because we just, for those of you who aren't on the Patreon, FearTheBoot.com, or excuse me, Patreon.com slash FearTheBoot, if you want to back us, we just had to dump half of a prior episode as a I, negative that episode. That was
1: 30 minutes of talking about what we're going to have for announcements then cutting an episode that went on for like twenty or thirty minutes that we just had to dump. <laughs> it's pushing ten o'clock at night. I'm gonna tweak your nipple. I
2: would. I'm I tweak would, your I, No, no, no. I would. I would apologize. No, no, I, Hold on. I did not realize that I had gone that far off mm-hmm. the rails. Okay. So I apologize. All right. Well, let's and get down to. to it. Uh-huh. Let's get and down.
0: To I'll think of forgiving you. Okay. Let's get down to it. So first of all, we have one announcement, and then I want to talk about a couple other things. So, all right, the one announcement. Is by the time that this show goes live. In 2038. Yes, 2038. Check the show notes for a link to a Kickstarter for Jason Brick's next Flash Fiction Anthology. And all three of you are in it? Or going to be in it? Okay, so let me first explain.
3: Jason has done a
0: couple of these before. I believe three of them before.
3: Yeah, at least three. And he does a regular weekly online easing of flash yeah. fiction as well,
0: and all this stuff has gotten delivered there's been no bs no kickstarter shenanigans at least going by record this is a man that you can trust and so check the show notes for a link to that kickstarter for anyone who doesn't know what flash fiction is is it's like super short short stories they're about a thousand words long so there's going to be a ton of them in this book you're gonna have a whole lot of different stories by a whole lot of different authors, a whole lot of different topics, genres, whatever. And as of right now, Wayne and I are both already cleared to be in there. Brodor, we're going to try and get in there.
2: I was in the first. So my story ended up being in the first release of the easy. Okay. I don't know. Jason sent me some emails about it. And honestly, uh, because I'm such a drug addled person, I don't recall specifically what they said, but I don't Know if mine's going to appear in this version or not.
0: Well, either way, at least Wayne and I are going to be in there, barring some horrible tragedy. So, if you are interested in checking this out, whether because you want to support a small publisher or because you want to support Wayne and I, or you're just curious to see what's in there, or hey, you just need some good toilet fiction, and unless you've got something you need to see your doctor about, flash fiction's about the right length for a (laughs) dog.
3: Then, you know, where why I actually, did you say that in Cat Tony's voice? I don't know. I <laughs> <laughs> said so, You know where I actually read the uh, the last one I got was the itty bitty writing space. I read a lot of that when I was in the hospital room with my dad, where he's between being awake and asleep. I didn't want something that was going to be a long read. I had short time frames between when the nurses were coming in and all. So it was perfect. I can get through an entire story, put the bookmark in and talk to a nurse. Well, I really hope we
0: don't have a substantial demographic of people whose dads are hospitalized with a potential of death. It's 2020. But <laughs> yeah, so hopefully you have something else in your life that's a little bit more positive. Like well, pooping. Like pooping. Yeah. Or an elevator ride. Or
1: I don't know what. <laughs> I play video games while I poop. Or I text.
0: Yeah, that's that's thanks, Wayne.
1: Um, I, I no longer are mad at you, <laughs> or I'm now... But gazing over to Wanky with his poop story. Please
0: check the show notes for a link to that. And once again, I hope you will back it. If not, whatever, it's your money. But that's what's going to be out there. And I'm looking forward to both participating in it and to reading what the other authors have to contribute. We do have... I don't know this is an announcement because I just think this is fun. It's too fun to be an announcement. Which is, I found out this past week that apparently the people over at Modifius Games... Or at least some portion of them have been listening to Fear the Boot for a very long time, and they have caught on to the very subtle hints I have dropped <laughs> that I'm interested in the Enclave. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, Modifius DC
1: has not contacted you yet for the same reason.
0: I, I you know, I think it's a f- it's their fault mm-hmm. that right now Mr. Freeze is not a hot property. Right. Beca- ah, right, because of the fact that they have not contacted me. I think it's because of the fact that... It's their corporate overlords. Yes. Like
3: DC wants to contact you. The creators right? want yeah. to reach out to you, mm-hmm. but their corporate overlords said no. Yeah, they know no, what I could do for Batman. But yeah, they want to contact me,
2: but their corporate overlords. Why I'm am not- I the only one behaving tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm everyone's so- on my list. list. I'm sorry,
2: Mr. <laughs> Waller. I don't understand what you mean.
3: Are mm-hmm. you reading what we're on your list? No.
0: <laughs> No. These individuals over at Modiphius, who are responsible for, who have the rights for, both the upcoming Fallout role-playing game, which to the best of my knowledge is still in a closed beta, and also the miniature war game, which I believe is called Wasteland Warriors. Mm -hmm. Nothing
1: Uh, to do with Wasteland the game. Nothing
0: to do with the Wasteland game, which is the predecessor to Fallout. Mm -hmm. Fallout was a spiritual successor to the Wasteland
1: game. But they're not even drawing the connection. They're just calling it a Wasteland game. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, right. Apart from the fact that in New Vegas and a couple of the other games, they did reference the existence of Desert Rangers. in
3: Star Trek. Well, yes, but... but I think it more comes from the fact that in Fallout 3, the one that really brought Fallout to the bigger public audience, Mm. it was the capital, Wasteland.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, and also in New Vegas, which is arguably the best game they've done... They talk about how the American Southwest is patrolled by these small groups of desert rangers who are highly elite, mishmash sort of soldiers and whatever, which is the basis of the older video game Wasteland, which has since been brought back in Wasteland 2 and 3, because for some reason, no one remembers there actually was a Wasteland 2 back in the day. I think Brian Fargo wants to forget it, and I can't blame him. It was awful. It was Hmm. absolutely about clowns. It was absolutely terrible, like literal clowns
2: okay if i can make one clarification this is more interesting than a butthole with teeth thank you <laughs> if you want to
0: understand what that means patreon.com slash fear the boot and you will learn what that means okay I, I i appreciate the commercial i hadn't planned for it but i appreciate it but anyway all right so they heard us talking about this in the episodes we did on models and figs and miniatures and so they contacted me saying hey Would you like some preview copies of the Enclave minis that we're just now releasing? And I, of course, said, hell yes. So they're working on getting those sent out to me. And I'm also thinking about seeing if I can get from them the rights to do, on our actual play feed, the role-playing game of Fallout, which is currently in closed beta. And I will give Wayne the right to run this. I need to coordinate this with Eric. There's a reason for that. There's some business stuff behind the scenes i need to court that with eric but i think he'll be down for this and the one condition i've put on this is we are playing a, an enclave sigma squad and that's where these minis are going to get used because is going to paint a mini that each of us are going to get to represent the character we are playing
2: within the squad so i mean obviously there are going to be some specifications that I need would help with for example obviously the miniatures are not entirely modular, right? So what kind of kit? I, I don't know. we will yes, we'll work we'll it do we'll Don't worry. It out. We'll, yeah. We will have this all figured out. I assure you, I may not know a lot, but I
0: know the Enclave. So we will have this all worked out.
3: And I'm going to need Starscream for it, too. <laughs> we're <need> Starscream as <laughs> and well. well. We're yeah. going to
0: need a ton of gnolls. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> we'll call them rad gnolls. And they will basically, I don't know. I don't know who put in the Enclave. All right. But what we want to talk about this episode is for those of you that are following the actual play, not the upcoming one, whatever that may be, we're still hammering this out, but the Skies of Glass one that we've been playing for a long time, over three years now, that just reached its conclusion. So what I'm going to tell you right now is if you are following the actual play or you are interested in following the actual play but have not gotten to the end of it, please stop the episode here, go to ap.feartheboot.com, and get all caught up on the actual play. It shouldn't, it shouldn't take too long. Because, yeah, I mean, each episode's only like four hours. Four, four or four five hours yeah. long, and it ran for over three years. But we are going to talk about the ending of that you
1: game. We produce a lot of content. Did I know. you think about that? You're, how long have we been going? Since 20... I'm not going to do that. It'd take nine, me a while 20, to do... 2006? Yeah, we've been yeah. going
0: since we're about to hit our 15th anniversary in a couple of months. Yeah. We have, I know for a fact... Well, maybe. we've gone over 500 because of bonus. I know for a fact that. we yeah. have listeners that are younger than the show. Mm-hmm. I know that yeah. beyond any shadow of a doubt. Cause no, because we recorded a
1: couple of episodes, and then I announced Dawn was
0: pregnant Yeah, Scott. well, and I <laughs> we've met some of them at conventions who... Yeah, this guy was born in 2007. Yeah, right? who are younger. We, we met them in gaming spaces and such, where, I mean, these are like... Not that the, you listen to the show. Junior high kids who are big fans of the show, and mm-hmm. the show's older than that. The show would be in high school. So, anyway, but the point being there's any
3: demographic that's interested in buttholes with teeth
1: <laughs> now he's salty yeah
3: so mm-hmm. they can get their parents' right. credit card and back us on patreon but why <laughs> yeah it's look
0: you're gonna get more out of that than you will out of only fans
3: <laughs> what is only fans yeah i'm
0: not gonna explain it
2: okay but i'll look it up i'll, I'll look it up on my phone side
0: right note i guess this is a pseudo announcement side note so now that the ap is done and i don't have focused my attention on that there are two other projects related to the show that I'm going to be dumping.
1: <laughs> one, you only fans? How are you segwaying? No, I'm that? not Not OnlyFans.
0: <laughs> but the two things I'm going to be dumping my energy into is one is doing far more proactive work with Wayne and VC to get these Skies of Glass role-playing rules out there. And we'll get those out there in beta version to our Patreon backers and eventually into a publishable product. But the other thing is once upon a time, Fear the Boot had a merch store. And the reason that OnlyFans came to mind was because <laughs> I've got a pinup artist who owes me a bunch of favors in art. So I, I, I'm not saying it's going to be a pinup art store, but my point being is just what drew the thoughts together. We are going to be trying to reopen a merch store. So for anyone who's really been missing their Fear the Boot 9000 <laughs> shirts or their Baron Von Badass coffee mugs, we're going to be bringing those back. Anyway, that's a side thing. All right, but w- the point is we're going to talk about the end of that game. And the end of another game that has yet to occur, which is the game that Wayne is running for the side gaming group, not anything directly associated with Fear the Boot. And what we want to talk oh, about a here... side
1: gaming group now. <laughs> I see how it is. Huh? Yeah,
0: his harlotry.
1: <laughs> what, what we want to talk
0: about here is not specifically the plot points of how those games ended and what we thought of our characters and wank, wank, wank. That's not what we're talking about. We want to use this as gaming advice to talk about... How do you prep the ending of a longer game? Now, we're not going to talk as much about short games or one shots because chaos for those oftentimes works out pretty well. Because first of all, you didn't have as much time or as much space to set up all of this detail and intricacy. And to get people invested in quite the same way. And secondly, because people haven't invested a huge amount into it, there tends to be a, a much greater sense of disposability if the game ends with rocks fall and everyone dies or something equally nonsensical. you know, It doesn't have the same amount of detail or the same amount of emotional investment that a longer campaign does. Now, what is a longer campaign? I'm not, I don't know. It's fuzzy logic. Is that six months? Is it three years? I don't know. But the point is that if you are looking to run a longer campaign and you are trying to figure out how you're going to end this, since I literally just did this and Wayne is literally right about to do it, we want to talk about some advice for how do you make that happen. Now, first of all, if you're even to this point, congratulations on making your game survive that long. It's always wonderful when one of these long campaigns makes it. They rarely do. And we had an episode where I defended long campaigns, and that was one of the things that I happily conceded is they don't tend to make it. But that's a different topic for
3: the skies of glass game only made it through sheer willpower. Yeah, it almost died at least twice. I can think of one of them being Brodor got a job.
2: Yeah. Hmm. How dare you?
3: Well, yeah, he got him works. since
2: corrected it. He yeah, had, no, that's absolutely true. <laughs> well, yeah, essentially saying. now I'm unemployed. So, yeah, <laughs> he had a job through the first. Now I can game all the f- time. Right. <laughs> that's
0: a dream. <laughs> he had a job through the first game or the first leg of the game, rather, first campaign arc. And you saw how many problems that caused. But the problem was he got a job that actually required him to be there on <laughs> well, at- Thursday nights. Yeah. Which was unacceptable. Right. And. The options there were either Broder has to quit his job or I have to shoot up the place. And I can't run a SOG game from jail, mm-hmm. so... I mean, you can't
2: now. But. Well,
1: yeah, probably. <laughs> Not back then, though.
2: Oh, my God. How kick-ass would that be in my Game Masters of the Clink? I'm sorry. Game gets suspended. My GM is getting ripped right now. There's no way. We're starting on time. So, uh, board games? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Huh. So I wonder if you can do one of those prison pen pal things and start a remote play game with them. Maybe we're going to look into this like trying to build better people through better gaming and like fear that just going to adopt a convict. I have no idea. I have
3: a horrible idea. Because we tried to adopt a unit in the military yeah. and they wouldn't let us do it. You know, get a game of diplomacy going with... You and then all people in prison no. that are like in the same cell block, no, no, so no, they're no, gonna no.
0: stab each other, yeah, all of different races too. That's gonna work out wonderfully, yeah. No, 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 we're gonna try to improve their lives for gaming, all right. But I don't know what the hell you guys got me talking about, <laughs> but what I want to talk about is the ending to these long campaigns, what's difficult about them, how you make them work, and I'm gonna start with the first thing which comes to my mind, which is expectations. Because if you have a campaign going that long and people are that invested in the characters and you suddenly stumble and fall at the end of the game, I mean, it's like anything else. It's like a book. It's like a concert. Your best work has to be in the opening and the closing. Everything in the middle, you have time to recover. You have time to pick the ball back up again. You've got time for people to forget it because you can put some good games after the bad one. But that ending is a pretty singular event that I believe, in my opinion, is more important than the opening. Because even if the opening's a little blah, you can fix it in game two. But if you hit the end of the campaign and you screw it up and you don't give the players what they felt they wanted or needed out of that game, there is no recovering that. It will forever go down as wild. this could have been a great game but wasn't
3: that thought is why i stress so much about the end of campaigns well think about all of the
2: books that you've read that have had (laughs) the endings i mean anything stephen king pretty much has (laughs) the ending all the movies that you've seen that you really really liked but they had a poor ending and that's what you walk away with so that the pressure to end a game well is tremendous because that's
3: the thing that you walk away remembering most fresh. So I want to directly address this, though. I came to a realization about a week or two ago. I was really stressing out about it because I, I do. I think about it. It's like, how am I going to get this ending? And then I stopped and I realized it's not my ending. I am not the only one trying to create this ending. Yes. Everyone else at the table is a player that wants this ending as well. What I need to do in my mind, I need to start giving them opportunities because they are going to help craft this ending. It is our ending. And too often as a GM, I would find myself in previous campaigns thinking of it as I've got to nail my ending. Yeah. The stress immediately dropped off my shoulders when I came to that realization. It's not my ending. Well, and It's our ending. And I've got another great GM sitting right next to me. And I've got another fresh new GM. I have somebody that's an incredible GM that just won't run a game for us. All sitting at the table. They're going to help me get to my ending. Because it's not my ending. Let me expound on that. Because
0: it is a shared ending in a couple of ways. It's a shared ending because everyone is participating in it. But it is also a shared ending because of the fact that you don't know for sure what everyone's expectations or points of excitement are. You don't know what people latch on to. People latch on to the weirdest stuff, and sometimes you see it coming, sometimes you don't. We've talked about this with NPCs. That you put all your work into this one NPC. Instead, this throwaway
3: trash vendor, Boblin the Goblin, (laughs) becomes the center of attention. Which is your fault. Because you don't introduce a character and name it Boblin the Goblin and not expect that to be the center of attention. Or Fat Tony.
0: Exactly. And so one of the things that I did, and this is going to be my first bit of advice, was I had to understand those things. I couldn't carry it all on my shoulders as the one point of creation of the ending and the one point of failure for the ending. You are not writing the end of a novel. Right. And so I guess my second bit of advice is what I did to correct that was, yes, I still have to tell a cogent ending. Spoon feeding everyone exactly what they expect and exactly what they want is not necessarily good storytelling. But I need to at least understand what it is they're looking for. And so I told all my players at the end of the second to last game, I said, I want you guys to send me a private message on Discord. I don't want plot points, but I want to know at least in concept what is it you are looking for out of the end of your character's story or out of the end of this plot line. You know, I'm not I'm not asking you to write it for me. I'm not saying, well, it turns out this guy's a bad guy and blah blah this and blah. But no, I want you to tell me that I really want to see my character had at least an opportunity to reconcile back to his family, you know, or something like that. And so I asked the players and this gave me a very important read on what you guys cared about. And it also helped me in crafting the ending because it was like, I don't know. It was was like a crowdsourced Rorschach test Mm -hmm. where you guys each gave me these little pieces. And now I had to kind of look at them and, and zoom out from that. And say, what's the bigger picture? You know, what is the bigger picture that this creates? Or if I write, or maybe I can even play around with it, Like, say, okay, Chad wants this, so let's say I want to resolve it through this direction. Now, can I make that intersect with what Brodor wants out of the end of the game? If not, mm. then i got to rethink how I'm going to resolve that. Let's give some examples here. Rhoda, do you recall what it was you sent me for the end of the game?
2: I I do very much, because what I said for Songbird, and and I'm not going to bother with background if people aren't following the AP, but basically, for me, ideally, for Songbird to get back to Mars would be perfect, right? For her to have some semblance... At an opportunity for the life that she could have had. Now, I can't imagine that ever playing out well for her, but that's the opportunity that she would have wanted. Now, with that said, you know, she lived by the sword and dying by the sword would be the way to go. And ultimately, at the end of the game, Songbird has the opportunity to continue going out and living by the sword or settling down on Earth. And, you know, she wasn't going back to Mars. And again, if you didn't listen to the show, it doesn't matter. But the ending that was offered to Songbird was really Marlene's ending. Right. And so for Songbird, having the opportunity just to go with spoiler alert, Gil, and just go out on the road and maybe take a bullet or bleed to death from a, you know, gut shot or something, that's what she needed. It was very, very satisfying for me as a player to see the ending that Marlene would have had Hmm. had she lived and the opportunity for Songbird to choose which ending she wanted. So it was really cool. And oh, it really contrasted the two characters, for too, sure. Yeah.
1: because Songbird did not want Marlene's ending. No. So I'm going to skip chat, and
0: I'll explain why in a minute. I'm going to to Wayne. Wayne, right. do you remember what you told me you wanted out of the ending?
3: I do. My character had spent his entire life running away from responsibilities, and he had a daughter out there. What I wanted for that character was it's time for him to grow up. He's going to settle down, take care of his daughter, and basically grow up. I expected, because at this point my character's daughter is was off down a river, I expected to have to go find her and go do the searching. I didn't have to do that because Dan brought that opportunity there. The character gets there, my daughter's waiting at this location. That was my big thing. Just like I said, I wanted him to settle down. So the reason I skipped chat is
0: because chat at the end of the game was playing two characters. And I want to talk about one of them in particular, which is the one he had the least to say about the ending for. Now, both of his mm-hmm. characters had endings, but I want to talk specifically about the one he had the least to say about, <laughs> which is he had a character named Lee who was a diplomat, who was a, an attorney, who was a variety of things. And he, was he a polymath. Yeah, and he had spent the better part of his presence in the second campaign, which admittedly was only a portion of the second leg of the campaign, really trying to get people to sit down at a table for the sides to talk, to negotiate. stop killing each other for like five whole minutes. (laughs) And see if it was possible to out of that build some kind of functional society that had multiple parties Mm -hmm. within North America. So not a functional society, but a functional interchange between societies. And so... What I ended up
1: doing with that was I said... And that's not what I asked for in my message to you either. Because in my message to you, I said... It was like two sentences of basically saying Lee plays on a different level. I don't mean like higher, better. I just mean like these guys... It's like street fighting and then space superhero fight. Lee is almost playing a different game than everybody else. You'd have to listen to the thing to understand that. But for me to ask for something for Lee would be like these guys are asking i want to reconcile with my family i want to go back home lee would be like i want to be the king of europe you know it's well, just like right. it's and so it's like i'm not even gonna ask for that but it's i could just... tell
0: us what you wanted <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> okay so i didn't make him the king of europe right but what i did get out we of that other
1: plans for europe
0: was i saw the way <laughs> that you were playing the character Mm-hmm. I read the, su- I've known you a year or two. Mm-hmm. I saw the subtext of what you wrote. Mm-hmm. And so basically what I says, okay, how do I bring these three endings together? What, what do I make? And there were others because sure. Eric has had an ending. Brandon had an ending. Chad actually had two endings. Yeah. Cause I had two characters, but I'm just going to talk about these three endings and what I did with them. Okay. So let's start off with once again, first I asked them, what do you want out of the ending of this game? Now, I did not let them dictate the plot to me because otherwise, what's the point in playing it? And if they contradict each other, who do I go with? That's my job as a GM. What I was trying to understand is it, this is the mathematical inverse of Session Zero. Session Zero asks, what is it you want from the game and how are we going to make that happen? This is kind of like the far bookend of a Session Zero of what is it you're looking for and how can we make that happen?
2: Have you experimented with doing this during the zero session. Just building I, the ending? Yeah, I mean, obviously. That's what I do. I'm not going to know who my character is in session yeah. zero, but at least it would give the game master an idea of. This is the journey that I'm interested in currently, or at least initially, and then kind of checking back in with people. No, I I wouldn't do it for a SOG game, because my character won't survive.
3: Bingo. I was going to (laughs) say, Skies of Glass (laughs) is
0: a terrible place. Mine do. Skies (laughs) of Glass is a terrible place to do that, because the game is so lethal. Right, I got you. I hear that
3: it's lethal. I haven't experienced that yet.
2: (laughs) How about (laughs) your left arm? Fantastic. Oh, that's
0: his right arm, actually. But yeah, it was always out of commission. I
3: can definitely see doing that with a different type of game, though.
0: Yeah, I could see doing that with with a game where it's a lot less frequent for players to die, Mm. or characters to die, excuse me. But I I don't think Sky's Glass was the right medium for that. But sorry, so here's what I did. So I had already established that Mars was en route, okay? So from Mars was en route from a colony where they had basically been industrialized and militarizing since the atomic war on Earth, because they have been cut off. And they had a fleet that was now en route to Earth. Now, when I say fleet, don't think fleet like the size of Star Wars. It's not that big, but we're talking post-nuke. It doesn't take a lot of high-tech soldiers to create problems. So they had this group of ships en route. And what I'm dealing with here is Songbird is Brodor's character, right? Which Mm -hmm.
2: is, she was from Mars. Right. All right, so... Although she did not have... And one of your potential endings was going back to Mars. Right, but I didn't right. have a lot of recollection about Mars. Right, so I, right. did, I didn't think that that ending was very realistic okay. in character, but also just in
0: general. What Wayne wanted was a home and a chance to settle down and grow up. I'm going to come back to that because I was able to work that into the other two characters, but I'm going to have to get to the end of this to show you how I did. So what Lee wanted was Chad kind of shrugged awfully because he's like, eh, He's operating a two-way scale. I don't know what to do with him.
1: Right. All right.
0: So, And it wouldn't be fair. But what I see this. here in the scene is <clears throat> I can put all this together because Mars represents a major technological industrial force that's on the map. Mars is coming to Earth with unknown intentions and is going to hit pretty rapid conflict with between one and three other forces that are of... Some varying levels of technology, varying from industrial to post information age, and have a substantial military force. And so I decided that, you know, one of the people that is likely still alive is Broder's character's mom. And because of the fact that Mars is a very hard cut society, because everyone has to be a, a willing to do anything, that his mother was going to be on that set of ships. And she had no interest in the Mars group in general, had no interest in talking to anyone on Earth. But I realized, well, that might be great for building story tension. It was not going to help me achieve the ending for Chad or the ending for Brodor. So first of all, the thing I did with Brodor was once she became aware, she being the mother, became aware that her daughter was still alive and was available to communicate with, she wanted to talk to her daughter. And that could have changed the plot. It certainly opened up a new avenue for ending, because if you guys had leveraged that, you actually could have de-escalated the situation with Mars, and Songbird could have been reconciled to his mother, and whether they stayed on Earth or went back to Mars, either way. It didn't happen for two reasons, but this is, goes back to you don't control the ending. But I had that on the table, because I need to know what it is the players want. Now, it didn't happen, because somehow between the two games, between the second to last game and the last game, you guys decided it was a fake and not his mother. I have no idea where you got that from.
2: It was, for, for me, in in character... Now, granted, I was a little intoxicated, but there's just no way Songbird believes it, right? Okay, so like, it's just personal like, skepticism. Like, like, like psy, psyops and manipulation and propaganda and whatever, it struck as so convenient... Yeah. ...that it can't possibly be real. Right. Now, out of character, as a human being... I recognize Dan Game Master is providing an opportunity for Brodor as
3: player to have character achieve one of the desired opportunities yeah dad but, was telling you here's the plot over here and but, how you're always telling everyone just hmm. go where the gm says the plot right. no instead <laughs> but, you said screw your plot yeah, i couldn't fake. i hang up on it's her
2: fake. because it was so i mean just it was so convenient right like here we are it's the end of the f-ing world are you Ma- saying
1: that his rails on his railroad were too obvious they were so and you well.
2: who are pro railroad well, and tell
1: everybody uh, choo choo get on board I, my damn train I, you're Like, no, sir, I I don't
2: believe in rails. I am... Nothing if not a hypocrite, <laughs> and so. But at yes. least he sees it. Yeah, i give him that. In that scenario, I recognized that I had two ways to play it, mm-hmm. and I just Songbird just wasn't going to believe that. And I mean, here she is; she's got brain damage. Yeah, you
1: know. I do. I do have to interject though and yeah. say, in Dan's defense, the rails thing was a joke on Brodor. Sure. Yeah, it was you opening opportunity, right. right? Because which yeah. was great because because well, really cool. cool. yeah, you I, did not rail
0: her <laughs> role, her being the mother, her. Role she was not in charge right. so even if brodor had made some attempt to reconcile with his mother in this game that did not guarantee anything sure it just only meant that they were talking there was an opportunity to talk now how does that tie together to another character well what lee was doing at this time was he was sitting in one of the few untouched high-tech cities that are left on earth which with a is, continental breakfast with a continental breakfast mm-hmm. which is jacksonville florida and its surrounding areas and he was sitting in... It's a, he, listen to the campaign if you want to know why. I won't bore you uh, with the details. We
1: go into details about breakfast items and coffee. You but really
0: should listen to the He campaign. also ended up with more authority than he probably should have had. Mm-hmm. But there is no way that Jacksonville was going to allow that to say the truth. Right. But when I looked at Lee's character, it was like, what is it Lee's character has always been trying to do? And that's to be a diplomat Mm -hmm. to be a talker to have a real influence on major events so now all of a sudden because of brodor's character so i give him the opportunity to talk to his mom in the same stroke now Mm -hmm. suddenly mars is willing to talk to lee right they're willing Mm -hmm. to talk to they want to talk to jacksonville for a long once again i am jacksonville Jacksonville. listen to the ap if you want to know why but Lee was very briefly the acting governor of the Jacksonville area. And so he, at that moment in time, was the person to talk to. And so that gave him a setup for an ending as a shot caller and a diplomat. And in the epilogue, though Mars was gone, sort of, that's how I had an ending, was Lee, he doesn't get to rule Europe, right? but... (laughs) But he does screw <laughs> <end>, this game. <laughs> but he does end up getting to be sort of the president of the UN. He yeah. for the for the major powers of North America.
1: Like, like what's a kingmaker? But not, I'm sorry, but he the didn't make a king. Sec- he made a General situ- secretary, of yeah, UN, not president. He makes a he. D- he didn't make a king. He made a situation. He didn't put anybody you know, in power. The situation but he, put
0: people at the table. Yeah, and what he Lee now had power. was he had the opportunity to be an outsider who is going Mm -hmm. to try and keep them talking and keep them looking for other solutions. So how does this tie into Wayne? So Wayne's looking for a chance to grow up and a chance to be at home. Well, the first thing I had already been doing was I had been putting enormous pressure on everything Wayne considered home. The town that he came from had not been completely destroyed, but had been severely damaged. A fair number of people from it had died. Once again, not everyone, but a chunk of people had died. His little sister was now caught up in a bunch of the major plot points. Wayne has his immediate home under pressure, but throughout the whole game, and this is going to be way more than I can explain within the course of an episode, but there was a major NPC who had been secretly building a safe and quiet sort of farm community for everyone to retreat to. Which would allow Wayne, now that he had his daughter back, who was like what one or two years old, yeah, to you know have that place to settle down, to be an adult, to be a responsible father, and all of that, and the presence of this force from Mars was going to do one of two things. It was either going to create pressure on the whole situation, which included the retreating survivors of his hometown, which included what was left of his family, or this is something that was going to threaten to really kind of box him in and push him off somewhere if they succeeded. And he would have no choice but to sort of live a reclusive life. And either way, this tied right into that. And so you can see where I I took Brodor wants to reconnect with Mars. Well, Mars creates major diplomacy, or even if not diplomacy themselves, they spooked the powers on Earth enough to start being diplomatic. And Mars can also create pressure for Wayne. And thus, I was able to create an avenue that brought together what all three of you wanted out of the ending of your characters. Now, I realize your situation may be different, but I felt it wouldn't be fair to throw out the concept and not at least demonstrate how it can work. But in your situation talk to your players, and find out what they care about. And it may be something little. It may be, hey, I want my character to survive and retire in peace. It may be, I want to reconnect with my family. Or it may be something big of, you know what?
3: There's this NPC who's been a to us the whole game. I want him to get his comeuppance. I have an interesting difference with my group when it comes to that. I haven't asked them the question. But after every game, Chad makes dinner. And the topic of dinner Pop is... roast this Saturday. Yeah, oh. The topic of dinner is almost always their characters and what they want for them i have heard the conversation that is the equivalent of your questions to people yeah from each of them of what they kind of see as the end of their character story the future of it i know what each one of them wants because they've told me mm-hmm. just i didn't ask them it came out over dinner mm-hmm. yeah and, and you know wayne this is a spot
0: where the gm has to give themselves some room to breathe because just as I think it's fair to go to the players to ask for help for creating the ending, I think you also have to let go what they do with that ending. Uh, you, know, I did it, for example, with your character. I didn't know if your character was going to go back to merchantine or if your character was going to retire at home. or you know, what is it at this point you consider home and responsibility? I don't know, but okay. I created these opportunities for you, that gave you a chance to chase them express them. In Brodors' case, once again ex-Nilo, somehow between games they just they went from yeah that's his mom to no, it's totally not and I think she probably ended up dead and certainly Brodor's way back home was scrapped <laughs> and that was his choice. You know, yeah. and I have to accept what he does with that. And so within that I gave him places that his character could go. You know, his character could retire to the farm, but what he ended up doing was choosing to basically
2: become a adventurer or gun for hire with Gil. And, you know, well, yeah, it's all she'd ever known. And mm-hmm. she didn't believe that even though that I, as the, as the player, wanted the dream of Mars to be real, right. it just wasn't real for Songbird. Well, it just didn't play out. And, and here's didn't the here's that? thing. Well, real quick question, then I'll, I'll yeah. pass the chat. Is that an ending
0: I wrote? I may have made the opportunity. Did I write that ending? No, 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 no. I chose it. And you chose it, yeah. and therefore... You're stuck with it, jerk. Well, but it's, I mean, that's sort of my point. It's yeah. who Whose responsibility is it if that's unsatisfying, right? Now, it seems that you were perfectly satisfied with that ending, so I'm not bagging on you, yeah. but I'm just making the point. This is where GMs need to pull the whip away from their back a bit because as a game master, you create opportunity The players create what actually happens in that space. And so you cannot stress too hard. Look, if you give them a couple different options, you know, you give them a couple reasonable ways and they decide instead they're going to smack their head against a brick wall and then they're mad about the headache. I'm sorry. You got a dysfunctional asshole
3: on your hands. That's not you. Well, there's something else that comes into play as well. People don't always know what they actually want. Broder gave you the, I want my character to go back to Mars. Oh, you said, gave I him, said, ideally, ideally. ideally. Yeah, this right. is what it happened. Saying, but it didn't make sense. But when the opportunity yeah. came, yeah. he thought about what would this character actually do? And like you said, it didn't make sense. Yeah. It's something where he just asked out of context. Sure, I'd kind of like that. But when the situation comes up, he realized, that's not what I actually Which, want. You know, maybe, it doesn't make sense for this uh, maybe character. Maybe that, and I
0: don't want to expound on this. I think one is self-explanatory. And two, I promise I'd pass this to Chad. But I think maybe that throws in another piece of advice, which is once you've got that sense of ending, it's still like writing any other part of the game. You're creating options, opportunity, and paths. Please do not write the ending in stone any more than you would write any other part of the game in stone because you don't know what the players are going to latch on to and what they were going to do. I was somewhat surprised by the players who chose to settle down versus those that chose to move on. And some cases where they chose to move on to. And so you can't presuppose that they are going to want to do exactly what they told you. Don't railroad the ending. At least have a... Co- and I realize the train has to come into station. There is a fixed endpoint here. But at least have a few different rails leading in there. You know, give them a little bit of choice with the end. So, all right. I, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. So...
1: I don't remember what I was going to say, so I'm going to say something different. Great. (laughs) But one of the things that I noticed about the game, and, and I actually had to kind of alter or more edit what I had one of my characters, Gil, do, was that throughout the last, I don't know, maybe half of the... Last year, maybe the it's hard to tell. We we skip so much COVID and all this sort of right, crap right. happened. It's hard for me to come up with a timeline of the game, but basically there was a not in last sub- Thursday, yeah, last Thursday, and not insubstantial amount of time. Several episodes, we'll say the group was by situation was off. Like one group went over here, one group went over there. The party was split, and since this isn't D anD D, and we have to have the optimal holy trinity of healing, damage, and whatever, it's a more realistic game. It, it's totally cool that. The party is split like this and we're off pursuing different plot stuff, different things like that. The thing about an ending is that if you're going to make it personal to the characters, a lot of times you have to kind of bring them back together, especially if the characters and the players care about the group as a whole and care about each other as a whole. And one of the things that I noticed is we talk about it the post game of the episode, which I'm actually really glad we did. I was able to tell what Gil did, his true ending, so to speak. It was very personal. It's very individual to that one player. It didn't really involve the other players, but we had spent so many sessions in different split groups, and Dan had managed to coalesce us back together again so that we could have this ending together. I felt that showing Gil's true ending, which is very personal to him and not to other people, took that coalescence of the group and split him off and divided up the group again and then made it about him so I didn't do it and that's not really advice to the game master but it's more advice to the player is that this thing is ending and you're all ending your your story together and your thread should come to a close you should get some spotlight the group needs to end together. So if you have like a big thing that's important to you and your character that didn't come up, because remember, there's a lot of balls that the game master has to juggle. There's a lot of characters they have to deal with. There's a lot of real people they have to deal with. Something might not make it to the final cut, and that's okay. But don't hijack That ending when you you have to be aware of what's going on at the table. Your game master has to be aware of what's going on at the table. You as a player have to be aware of what's going on beyond your character sheet and what you're doing so that you don't force the game master to not stick the landing. And I I saw Dan was bringing everybody together and we were all having these moments of well what are we going to do next well i'm not sure there's going to be a we and we're going to go off and do this and as a player it would have been wrong for me to say okay i'm going to do this thing that's really emotional and really cool and i'm just going to vampire suck up 20 solid minutes of your guys ending and i'm going to make it my ending yeah don't do that don't do that it's okay yeah
0: because it's this and that is an important way to look at this most for the game master and for the individual players this has been a production of fear the boot copyright 2020 listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com you can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com if you wish to support this show and its related endeavors you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.